After years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by overpriced wireless providers, if we've learned anything, guys, it's that there's always a catch. So when I heard that for a limited time, all Mint Mobile wireless plans are 15 bucks a month when you purchase a three-month plan, I thought, what's the catch? But after talking to them, it all made sense. There isn't one. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they sell wireless service online. They cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those sweet savings directly on to you. I haven't skipped a beat using Mint Mobile services. I have a great service even when I'm traveling for over less than 70% of what I was paying before. Listen to Uncle Chael and say bye-bye to your overpriced wireless plans, jaw-dropping monthly bills and unexpected overages. Mint Mobile is here to rescue you with premium wireless plans starting at 15 bucks a month. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and bring your phone number along with all your existing contacts. Ditch overpriced wireless with Mint Mobile's limited time deal and get three months of premium wireless service for 15 bucks a month. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash chael. That's mintmobile.com slash chael. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash chael. $45 upfront payment required. That's equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower, above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tacova's is your first stop for the best in Western style. And by the way, you don't have to be into the Western look to grab a good-looking pair of boots. I recently got a pair of ostrich skin round-tip boots, and I'm warm with my suit. These boots are so versatile that I can throw them on with a full head-to-toe suit. And Anthony Smith came right up to me and he's asking me where I got them. Well, I told him the only place to get them, Tacovas. And they have a seasonal limited edition offering. It's right now, this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, accessory, and more. My wife just surprised me with the ostrich wallet and a belt for my birthday, in case you've seen me. I feel like I look pretty sharp in it. I truly do. And Tacova's has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Plus, their direct-to-consumer pricing keeps value on your feet and money in your pocket. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary beverage or two, and shop for new styles. The smell of fresh leather and a friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience quite like it. If you can't make it into the store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and they ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your favorite pair of boots today. What's happening, guys? Happy Wednesday. 
and thank you for joining another special episode of your welcome this weekend we saw a great fight between max and rodriguez and coming up on today's show i'll talk about max's win and where he goes from here plus the lightweight division is getting really interesting but before we get into all that Let's begin by getting into the Twitter drama that has taken the MMA world by storm. So I was on ESPN Plus yesterday, the Chael Sonnen Show with George Sedano. In all fairness, I would love if you guys listened to it, but I got asked about Connor. I got asked about McGregor, who I have carried for years. In all fairness, I don't know that Connor has a more public defender than me. And there's been some rough times. I mean, there's some hard times where you will look a fool defending some of Connor's actions, but I feel I know Connor. I feel I understand Connor. I feel I had a hand in creating Connor, whether I did or not, but this is how I feel. So I've always looked after little brother, right? Always. Whatever platform I got, whatever egg I'm going to get on my face, if he makes me look like a fool, I will defend him. And I have been right a number of times. In all fairness, I have. If you go and look at the absolute injustice of the rewriting of history as to what happened between Conor McGregor and Floyd Mayweather. I have never before my own eyes seen reality rewritten as fast as I did the night that Conor kicked Floyd's ass. And Floyd kicked his ass right back. I I was there. I know what happened. But it was an extremely competitive match where Conor was winning a lot of rounds. I watched that side-by-side with Teddy Atlas, the single most respected mind in boxing. And in the sixth round, Teddy had four for Conor McGregor, and it was paining him. It was pain. He He was uneasy. He was sweating. He told me that. He said, chill, that my whole life is boxing. I believe this is a sport. If you can bring this kid McGregor in who's never done it to take out our best day, he said, we're done. Everything I believe, I mean, he told, and he still had four rounds for Conor McGregor. I bring it to you because there is some times where he needs to fit in. In all fairness, the heat that Conor took for the comment that he made to Poirier after that fight, the wife and the DMs, was that a prick who was caught on camera being a prick? Or was that an entertainer? that to the final curtain, while injured and couldn't even stand, continued to perform? It's a fair question by me, and it's a fair defense that I gave him. But at any rate, I said on ESPN that Connor is becoming a little rich weirdo. That's not nice by me. I understand that's not nice, but I got plenty of bullets as I see it. This is how I see it, right? Have you guys ever been in the spot where you think something, but then you look back and go, well, that doesn't mean, that doesn't mean I'm right. Just because I've looked after little brother doesn't mean he sees me as big brother who's sitting up in the loft covering for him. He may not see me the way that I see him, which would make me look like a bit of a doofus. So I take my one shot at Conor McGregor, which is accurate, that he is becoming a little rich weirdo. For him to be 30-some years of age pacing in front of a television set with somebody recording him on an iPhone as he's shirtless, watching two other guys compete in a weight class that he cannot make, I'm right. That's a weird thing to do. He could have done that exact same thing 10 years ago, and he did. And it was cool. That was that up-and-comer. 
That's that Irish kid from... Hey, that's McGregor. I recognize those tattoos. McGregor's willing to fight anyone at any time. He's trying to make his way through the ranks. He's trying to get his name and his brand out there. It was cool at 23 years old. At 33 years or 34, I don't know how old he is. But he's not that kid anymore, and he's acting the same way. And that's weird. And that's what I said. Connor responded in tweet. Now, right away, that pissed me off. If I'm to be fair with you guys, that upset me that he responded in any fashion to me. I am big brother. I set the table. You studied it. I will continue to help you. I will do it over here. But he may not feel that way. Right? He may not feel that way. I might just be another guy to him, which would make me a little bit of a fool. So, because he responded publicly to the one and only thing where I've ever been critical, been quite a good defender, it bothered me. So then I'm thinking, what do I do? Now, I appreciated his response, and let me tell you what it was, okay? He said to me, that I need to sit in front of my camera, which is this right now, with my two viewers, which are you guys, and continue to sell window sheen. I don't know what window sheen is, but if you ever get into an argument, a verbal debate, as soon as you're explaining, you're losing. If I was to come out with my natural response, which is, okay, I want to go on, I want to play this game, I'm going to have this fight just to remind you who's where. Just to remind you why you looked up to me in the first... I'm going to do this for you. But I don't know what window sheen is. I can't... I lose. It's my job to know what window sheen is. Even if that's an Irish thing. And we don't have window sheen in America. I have the foggiest idea what it is. But I got to go look it up. I got to go find out. I can't come ask him. I can't ask him to explain his insult so that I can prepare my counter. I just know that I'm willing to be polite about this, but I will be well-armed. So, I'm getting ready. I mean, I'm going to come at him. I'm going to come at him with everything. I'm going to. I'm going to get meaner as he gets meaner. If we're just being funny, I'll stay funny. You throw the first punch, but I will come back and I will come back harder. It's just the way that I play. But I will go all the way down to the jugular. I will talk about the fact that I retired two years ago. I quit fighting six years ago, and I've won three more fights than you have in that period of time. I have been retired for two years, and in the last five years, I've won three more fights than you. And I quit trying six years ago. I will do that if we need to. I will talk about you're down here, and I am up here. You were punching up, but then when you stand five foot eight, you're always punching up. I'll go there when I need to. But not right away, because the first thing I have to do is i got to find out what the hell window sheen is. And the mistake that... Connor's a great... Connor studied very well. Taking on me is a fair fight. It's one-on-one. -on -one. He brought you guys into it. That was a mistake. He never should have talked about the viewer. Because there's power in numbers. It's me, it's him. It's one-on-one. -on -one. He now brought you guys into it. He now thinks that you guys are fools that apparently come to me for window sheen. Now, I've got to be honest which is I love the window sheen joke and here's why. Four or five years ago, Connor broke bad on me. It's the only time he's ever done it publicly, but he did do it. And he said, I, about himself, am still selling out arenas. This guy's on YouTube selling window cleaner. 
I respected that four or five years between the window cleaner joke and the window sheen joke today that he remembered his own joke because you guys missed it. But I remember it. That's a zing. That is a zing. If you want to say a guy's doing a great job on YouTube, go ahead. But if you try to compare your seat on YouTube to a dude that's selling out Madison Square Garden, Connor wins. Connor's got me, right? And he's never going to hurt my feelings unless he brings up the truth. It's the truth that hurts. He's not going to love that I say he's punching up, but at five foot eight, he's always punching up. He's not going to love that in the last five years, three of which I've been retired, I've won more fights than he has. That's not going to be great. Because it's the truth. And that's where you start to get in a slippery slope. To are we, is this hell fellow well met, as Shakespeare said? Is this mano a mano? Or are we going at each other? Which would be tough for me. When I transferred roles and I'm now behind the desk at the events, making money and having a good time, and in all fairness, I am. Talking about guys that are actually doing it, actually getting off their biscuit, getting in there and risking it, like Connor. You can see where I have to come from a standpoint of being fairly grateful. I can't be an equal with him. I cannot try to go after him. It would break my own code. I don't give a damn. I do not care. When I was fighting, any weight class, anybody, but I will answer for it on Saturday at the agreed upon time, no matter what. No matter how I feel. I've never missed a competition in my life. I've been at this since I was nine years old. Due to illness or injury, and it's not because I haven't been sick, and it's not because I haven't been hurt. I will show up, and I will answer for it in front of the world every time. But I'm not in that spot now. I don't have any business with Connor. I'm done fighting. But so is Connor. I don't have a license, and I'm not going to go do another fight. Connor doesn't have a license, and he's not going to do one either. So how weird are we? Like, does the world want to hear? Do you guys remember when Joe Frazier went after Muhammad Ali? And it was in 1996 when the Olympic Games were on American soil in Atlanta, and Muhammad Ali lit the torch. And Frazier said, I wish I could have pushed him right in the fire. You remember when he did that? It was weird. It was highly uncomfortable. Because you have two guys who aren't going to compete. Not only are they not going to compete with each other, they don't compete with anybody. So what are we talking about? You're banging your chest to be a brave guy when you took yourself out of the brave guy business. I did it willfully. He did it when his leg got snapped, which is very sad in fairness. Either way, we're both done, right? If I was 23 and he was 20, let's have at it. We got the size difference. We're going to have a problem on how we're actually going to do this. But we can make believe in the world of social media that we will find so We will call Jake Paul and we will get on one of his boxing calls. We're going to figure this out. I don't fight anymore and neither does he. I could fight and he can't fight. Do you see the problem? He's hurt. And this isn't me being backhanded and pointing this out. I want him to get better. That's the truth. As much as I said he's becoming a little rich weirdo, that's still little brother, and I'm going to still look out for him. I just am. Until he makes it perfectly clear to me that he does not view me the same way as I think he does, I'm not going to take these shots. I'm going to appreciate that he had a window cleaner joke about me five years ago, and he remembered it last night, even if he called it Sheen. 
I respect that he remembered. I'm the window cleaner guy. Five years apart, I did. At what point are we all Ian Frazier? It's not for me to say that he's not going to pursue a license. I do believe he is likely to fight again. He can't fight right now. He can't get a license. I can't either. I can't pass a drug test. He can't pass an MRI. Neither one of us is. I mean, do you see where it gets weird? Like, neither one of us is eligible. I am what many people in the sporting would call an old man. I'm aware of that. So is he. He's not aware of that. I don't know how old Connor is. I'd have to look it up. I'm, I'm going with 33. I'm going with 34. I know I'm close. But that's the age where the fact that you're still doing this is weird. It's not cool anymore. If you've got the belt, if you're defending something, if it's, it's a little bit different. If you can't get a license because you can't even pass the medical exam and you got your shirt off on TV with your drunken buddy behind you filming it on an iPhone that you're going to edit and upload later, it's weird. And that's all I said. That's all I said. And him talking about me being on YouTube in front of you guys and moving a little window shut. I mean, right, it hurt my feelings. It hurt my feelings because he's telling the truth. I am sitting here on YouTube. I don't have window sheen, but if somebody asked me to pedal it, I would, and that's going to give me a little bit of a zing inside. So how much of the truth do we want to bring into it? Do we want to go with hell well, fellow where met? Hell fellow where met, well met. Shakespeare, beautiful stuff. Beautiful, beautiful writer, William Shakespeare. Not as good as me. Very good, though. I got to find out what window sheen is. Got to find out why he thinks I'm selling window washer. Got to find out if he looks at me the way that I think that he does, but he might not. Got to find out, are we the two old guys that returned to the high school football game wearing our letterman's jacket? I'm not licensed. He's not licensed. I'm not going to fight again. He's not going to fight again. Or are we? So a lot of what I just said all started with the video Connor put out on Saturday night. In fact, let's go back to Saturday night when I sat down and gave my immediate reaction to the slugfest that was Max Holloway versus Yair Rodriguez. Max Holloway versus Yair Rodriguez. Guys, here's what happened. Fist to cuffs, start to bottom. Now, we all knew that, right? We, I tried to start a debate about two weeks ago. Well, what happened? Do you think your ear is going to take him down, or do you think Max is going to start to work off his back and that new guillotine choke and guard? You, you guys didn't fall for it. But these guys just went to a war for 25 minutes, and it was all stand-up. It was all punching, kicking, elbowing, kneeing. There was this spinning stuff. There was the crazy stuff. Yuri Rodriguez at one point did a forward flip, took, took his left ankle, then his right ankle, smacked them both into Max's face. Now, I love that kick, if you know the one that I'm referring to. Generally, guys went do it. They will hit absolutely nothing. It's an air ball and it's an embarrassment. But if you kick the guy with either foot in said flip, you look pretty smart. In your rear's case, he kicked him with both feet. Bump, bump. Does a little bit of damage. The downside is now your rear's on bottom and Holloway's got his swarm on top. It's one of the reasons you don't use that move unless you're looking for an ooh or an ah from the crowd or there's only three or four seconds left. Or your name is Yaria Rodriguez, and you just don't give a damn because you will set everything aside 
on the outside possibility of being the most exciting fighter on the car tonight. So, everybody did, and that was a mouthful, guys, but everybody did what they were supposed to do. When the matchmakers picked this match, told ESPN, we got a big one for you, Saturday afternoon, not loaded card top to bottom, we got a big one. And you're going to want to have it because the world's going to want to watch. Yes, everybody did what they were supposed to. The number one thing that was controlled in this match was just the output. And that output in every Max Holloway fight favors Max Holloway. I'm not sure that I keep seeing Max beat guys up that he's better than. I'm not sure that Cater, the gap that Matt showed, uh, Max showed, is quite as big as the gap in real life. I don't know that the gap between what Max Holloway did to, say, Jose Aldo is all that indicative to where their skills are. These guys' skills are very, very close, very, very equal. It's an intangible known as output. There is no way to figure into the formula of your analysis before a fight that both guys are gonna do this, but one guy is gonna do this six more times. There's just no way you're okay, he, he throws some good ones and twos, he throws good ones and twos. All right, next, it's like, well, no, hold on, hold on. Because this guy throws ones and twos and then recovers, then sizes his opponent, does some head work, then he looks around a little bit. The other guy just keeps throwing more back at him, and that's what Max does. Max is the pain in the ass. They keep calling him Max Blessed. He got blessed by being a pain in the ass. That's who he is. Max did not bring anything to this fight. And I'm hearing people. Right, I, I just had to turn off the post-fight press conference being led by Dana. Dana, I had to turn that off to come talk to you guys here. But even Dana in the post-fight is having hard words getting anything together to put praise on Max aside from how tough this guy is, how scary he is, how out of his mind he is about protecting himself and instead just going forward and worried about the rest later. Dana truly was touching on that when the sound I just turned down. He said, I didn't know that Max was going to be able to walk out of the octagon. I knew we wouldn't have him at the post-fight because I have a stretcher by then taking him to a hospital. He said, I just passed him backstage. He doesn't have crutches. He doesn't have his arm around his teammates. And he's insisting to Dana, oh, I'm fine. I'm just fine. So Dana said, I'm stuck in the spot. This guy's so tough and he's so crazy. He's walking around with a three-time the swelling that anybody else on the card had. But yeah, there's a big message in that. That is Max. One of the reasons Max does so well, guys, it's not just the physicality, it's the mentality. I saw Max Holloway get better in his garage during COVID, getting ready to fight Calvin Cater. Those were the times when I could actually look at his last performance and his current performance and say there's something better here. So Max told us all what he did, which is I stayed inside. I have a jump rope. I have a heavy bag. I have a little matted surface. I can't get anybody to come over to wrestle with me. I can't get a coach into my room to hold mitts, see things that I'm doing wrong. But I spend a number of hours in there. I take a break. I go back. I do another couple of hours in there. And I watched him literally getting better. I watched those skills literally uh, building up. I mean, it's a lot like Rocky. I mean, you guys remember the fictional movie of Rocky? But Rocky's got to take on the Russian. The Russian government gives every great apparatus and training environment ever known to their athlete. Rocky's got a warm jacket and he's got an axe and he's in snow and he's chopping wood as a way of getting his cardio up and his strength up. I realize that's TV, guys. 
but I do use that comparison to a Max Holloway who was a champion of the world, who was one win away from becoming another time champion of the world, getting better in his garage because there's a pandemic. This is about will. For all of us, it's a physical exercise. For Max, this is a mental exercise. Am I disciplined enough to go into my garage when nobody's watching and to move my feet in the correct patterns? Am I disciplined enough to stay in that garage and throw the punches and the combinations and the setups and the finishes to the air because nobody's watching? And my coach who's gonna call later and see how the workout went won't know if I fib or not. A mental exercise carried over into physical training produced the greatest Max Holloway we've ever seen. And I'm going back to Calvin Cater. I'm not sure we don't right now need to put replace Max's greatest performance ever, take Cater off the board, and put Yaya Rodriguez in. There was no double cross in here. There was no wrestling. And that that's a broad stroke. I get it. But if you go start your stopwatch and stop it for every second they're on the ground, you don't come to 18 seconds. This was a dogfight with the purest skills in Max Holloway against video game, dynamic, creative techniques of Yuri Rodriguez. Both of them with a good length. I can't tell this story and not give Yuri his praise. Yuri lost this fight. Yuri clearly lost this fight. There was nobody out there that thinks Yuri won this fight. However, Yuri never quit fighting. Yuri was getting better as the fight went on. He was getting a little bit more fatigued, but he was starting to understand what angles some of those shots were coming from. Yair slipped more punches in the last one minute of the fight than he ate in the first 30 seconds of the fight. So you could see that your ear was getting better. You could see that this tide was starting to turn. You can just also see when it comes to the 145-pound division, Max Holloway has staked his foot in the ground. He said, I'm the best, and I'll take on anybody. So now that Max Holloway has won two fights in a row, there's lots of talk about him getting a third title shot at Volkanovski. That's next. But first, I want to tell you about today's sponsor. All right, guys, I received my new Simply Safe security camera. I told you I was waiting for it, and it's way better than I thought. Not only that, it was a breeze to set up. Considering the sophistication of this device, it's incredible. Simply Safe's new wireless outdoor security camera is built with all the advanced technology and security features you want and need to help keep you and your family safe. One of my favorite features of the new camera is the built-in spotlight and color night vision. You can keep an eye on what's going on day and night. All you have to do is download an app and you can view your security camera online from anywhere 24-7. Most security systems need automatic motion sensor lights, and the lights must come on for the camera to pick up the images, not this one. Simply Safe's new outdoor camera comes with its own built-in spotlight that allows the camera to pick up images even in pitch black. It connects to Wi-Fi and has an easy to remove rechargeable battery. So it doesn't need an outlet and can go anywhere on your property. Simply Safe security systems are easy to install and remove. So if you ever end up moving, you can easily pack up the system and take it with you to your next home. 
There is a reason why U.S. News and World Report named Simply Safe the best home security system of 2021. To learn more about this exciting new Simply Safe wireless outdoor security camera, simply visit simplysafe.com/chael. Simply Safe is celebrating this new camera by offering 20% off your entire new system and your first month of monitoring service free when you enroll in interactive monitoring. Again, that's simplysafe.com slash chael. Today's episode of Your Welcome is brought to you by Athletic Greens, the most comprehensive, tasty, daily nutritional beverage I have ever had. With so many stressors in life, it's difficult to maintain effective nutrition habits and give our bodies the nutrients it needs to thrive. Busy schedules, poor sleep, exercise, stress, or simply not eating enough of the right foods can leave us with a deficiency. This is where Athletic Greens has come to the rescue for me. One scoop of this daily, all-in-one superfood powder contains 75 vitamins, minerals, whole food sourced ingredients including a multivitamin, multi-mineral, probiotic, greens, superfood blend, and more. They all work together to fill the nutritional gaps in our diet, increase energy and focus, help with digestion, and support a healthy immune system, all without the need to take multiple products. What a relief. Athletic Greens is my one stop for it all. So simple, so easy. For you athletes out there, this product is NSF certified for sport. It's lifestyle friendly, whether you are keto, paleo, vegan, dairy free or gluten free, and it contains less than one gram of sugar without compromising on taste. Athletic Greens is offering my audience a free one year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase if you visit my link today. Covering your bases with Athletic Greens makes investing in your energy, immunity, and gut health daily simple, tasty, and efficient. Simply visit athleticgreens.com chael and join the athletes and health-conscious go-getters around the world who make a daily commitment to optimal health every day. Again, simply visit athleticgreens.com chael and get your free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs today. Oh, 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 no, 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 no. Volkanovsky. Volkanovsky. All right. You got to back up to understand this story, okay? Max Holloway beats Jaria Rodriguez over the weekend in what everybody that could build any kind of a narrative tried to list as the number one contenders match. I personally believe that to be true. Max comes out the back end of it, gets asked about Volkanovski. Now, everybody that created the narrative that this is a number one contenders match, when I say everybody, Max excluded. Max did not do that. Now, this is very tactical and important psychologically that you understand. Obviously, that's the number one contenders match. Dana has already talked about it. The media has created the narrative. It is the main event. It's the biggest featherweight bout out there. Volkanovski knows he's going to take on the winner. Everything is there for a blind man to see except Max. Now, to understand this story, imagine it in reverse. Max beats 
Yarir Rodriguez. Matt has a platform known as ESPN. Maybe you've heard of him, the worldwide leader, and he uses that microphone to call out Volkanovsky, which only allows one opportunity, which for Volkanovsky to say no. For Volkanovsky to do what every other champion does, which is to dismiss him. Max has nowhere else to go. He's on bended knee. Hey, what are you talking about? I thought we had a deal. I beat Calvin Cater. I gave you hard battles. I went through Yair Rodriguez. Come on, man. That was once my title. I gave you an opportunity. Come on, man. I've done everything right. Well, that's a position of weakness. But that was the other option that Max had. It was the one that I would have suspected he was going to take. It was the one that we all suspected that he was going to take. It's not the one he went with. He called out three guys. So Volkanovski's a fine option, but so's McGregor. So's Poirier in a rematch. Max spreads it around. Now the art of the deal very clearly states, you ask for and act as though you want the one thing you don't. And the one thing that you really want, you act as though you don't care. That is what Max is doing. Of course he wants Volkanovski, and of course he qualifies for Volkanovski, but Volkanovski has a say in the matter, particularly because he brings the belt. And Volkanovski already did it twice. So it's a totally different set of rules that Volkanovski has to play by. In the world of public opinion, Volkanovski has the right as champion to refuse the number one contender. It's a totally different rule set because he's done it twice. Not just once, he did it twice. So Max, being cognizant of that, spreads it around. Doesn't make it clear it's Volkanovski. Volkanovski takes the bait. Volkanovski comes out and tells Max, quit playing effing games. If you don't want it, tell the UFC you don't want it, and I'll take ever who they want to do. There's plenty of people standing in line. Now the champion is asking the challenger, which is exactly the way Max had this planned. And whether Max orchestrated this or his management team orchestrated this, well done. You won. You did a great job. You only had two options. One was to go after Volk, one was to not. You chose to not, and now Volk is pissed. The one guy that you need if you want a title fight is the title holder. And you've got him. Now, when Volk came out and said, stop playing effing games. No, 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 first off, never. Never stop playing games. Not when it has to do with my name. Play all the games you can think of right up until that arena is full. Right up until every single button is pushed, every popcorn kernel is sold, and every t-shirt is off the shelf. Don't ever quit playing games, for one. But how sincere was Volkanovski? Was he just pissed and he's an angry champion? Because I thought it was a pretty good look in all fairness. For Volkanovski to have absolutely no resistance of Max Holloway puts Volkanovski in a very rare crowd. For him to be willing to take on somebody, not once, not twice, but a third time, puts Volkanovski in a very different conversation. Now, this is what legends are made of, attitudes like Volkanovski. However, you will have a number of legends within sport who get done, look back at their career, juxtapose that with their bank account, and go, what did I do wrong? I fought anybody, anytime, just like they told me I should do. I took on all comers. I won rounds. How come nobody was interested in me? I'm not suggesting for you nobody's interested in Volk, in all fairness. Volk is a very big deal. He could be a bigger deal. 
but there is a game being played. He just got played. If there's ever a lesson that we are playing a game here, every word that comes out of your mouth in the form of the media is a negotiation for something. Volk just got played. This is the proof. This is not Chael's opinion. I do not have to give you a great history lesson. I can go back as recently as right now. The champ just got played like a fiddle by the contender. The champ is now demanding a response from the contender. The champ is now demanding that the contender go to the organization and clear the slate so he can move on with life because right now he is being inconvenienced. He is being held up. He is being delayed. He's the champion. Champions don't call out. They get called out. There's rules to this game. It's like music. There's only so many notes. And the things that you've been told your whole life, once you grow up and you quit being a child, you have to look back on and you have to reflect. Who really put those coins under my pillow when I put a tooth that was missing? I mean, you got to ask yourself some tough things and you start to realize the world isn't the way that you've seen it. You can take all the business classes you do. I, I listen to business people. I know people that have degrees in economics. If you spent 15 minutes, you wasted 14. I will tell you the difference in rich and poor in one sentence, okay? They both borrow money. A poor guy will use that money that he borrowed to buy things that lose money. A rich guy will borrow, use the money that he borrowed to buy things that make money. There is absolutely no difference. That is the one distinction. And I only bring that to you because you were told your whole life to save and to buy a house and to invest in the 401k. You were told that, but you don't know a rich guy that actually did that. The rich guys all had to find a way around the system. And the same thing goes for the great athletes. If they just put their head down, by golly, and they just take on whoever's in front of them, by golly, and they can just, just find a way to get their hand raised, everything's going to work out. But it doesn't run out. It doesn't work out. The clock runs out. You're out of time. There is never a day that Volkanovsky or anybody else will be done with this sport. They will wake up one day and the sport's done with them. You will never be done with the business of MMA. You will wake up one day and the business is done with you. It's going to be this cold, hard reality where you go, whoa, that happened to me. I mean, I've seen that happen to everybody else. I thought I was different. Why would you be different? Why would you think that you're different? Why would you think keeping your head down and winning the, winning the little fights and getting your little hand raised? That's just not what the greats have done. Volkanovsky is in a position that's very unique. He is the best. Volkanovsky is the best in the world, and he's proved it. At the hardest weight class, he has the most beautiful record and a 12-pound trinket around his waist. It is not a conversation. Volkanovsky is the best. He has something different. He has a very interesting story. This is a rugby player that weighed 213 pounds before he had ever thrown a jab, before he ever skipped a rope before he ever learned what a guillotine was. It's a very interesting story. He's got a very rare attitude, which is that of a true competitor. I have seen things with my own eyes on Volkanovsky that if I would have had a camera present, I could have helped to make him a star. I was, I'll give you an example. I've never told you guys this story. I'm backstage at events because of my participation with ESPN. I get that makes myself sound like a dick as soon as I said I'm backstage, but this is where I was, okay? Volkanovski is going to fight for the world championship against Max Holloway in a co-main event, which also, this is for the first one. This is at T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas. This represents the biggest fight of Volk's life. Still to this day, 
The first world title opportunity you get is the biggest opportunity of your life. Volk has had nothing since bigger than this moment. Volkanovski had a teammate that was the second fight of the night. Volkanovski does not have to report per the commission or the organization until 6 p.m. He has to report at 6 p.m. He's got to do his pre-fight drug test. He's got to get his hands wrapped. He's got to get his clothes changed. He's got to get warmed up. He's got to walk out there. Gives you a couple of hours, but they make sure, because this is a television show, that everybody's in place on time. Volkanovski arrived at the arena at 2.45. I was there when he walked in the door. At 2.45, the guy who was hours away from the biggest athletic moment of his life was at an arena, not in bed, not relaxing, not having his protein shake, not visualizing, not prepare. He was there to back his teammate. That is a gangster story. That is an incredible Volkanovsky story that he got no credit for. Nobody even knows that that happened until just now. And I could tell you five and six and seven more things like this on Volkanovsky. He is not only the best, he is wildly interesting. What he does need to learn from this today right now is there is a game. It's being played and he just got played. Let's get off of featherweight and move up to lightweight, the division that will be dominating the headlines as we get ready for Poirier and Oliveira. If you've been following social media over the past week, two of the best guys at 155 pounds are going at it, and it's caught my attention. There's a skunk at the garden party, guys. Something, something is amiss. You have Justin Gaethje, you have Islam Makhlchev. They're both arguing resumes as a way of getting in front of one another. You now have the blessing of Khabib. That matters. I'm right. If anybody is to weigh an opinion on who is better, should it go fisticuffs? Khabib works out with Islam five days a week. Khabib fought Justin Gaethje. Like, Khabib's opinion matters. Who knows how sincere Khabib is being? Who knows? He's got his guy. He's betting on his guy. But I think the one thing that we all do look to Khabib for is integrity. Khabib's always been straight with all of us. Khabib was straight with us even the night that he missed weight and said I had a bite of tiramisu and got teased forever after. But he always tells us the truth. Always. Khabib has family within the organization. His cousin who goes by the last name of Nurmagomedov. Khabib is giving the blessing to Islam and Islam alone. There is a sincerity that I take from that. However, I have never seen two guys in my history as a fight fan and follower go at each other more as Islam and Justin and never suggest, how about we fight? Never one time have I seen two guys go back and forth over resumes and who should get what and when they should get it, but never one time offer you and me unified rules. I've just never seen it. And it makes me wonder why. And it's not as though we've got some futuristic fight or Charles Oliveira is just available. Charles Oliveira is busy with somebody named Dustin Poirier. We don't even know who the champion is going to be. And we have the two clear-cut top contenders vying for that position without ever suggesting we fight. And it would just seem to me in the world of negotiation, of which Justin Gaethje has the upper hand. Justin Gaethje has the ranking. Justin Gaethje has the amazing performance. Justin Gaethje has the win over Michael Chandler, who was ever so close, talking about Chandler, to being the champion of the world.
I believe that Gaethje is in the driver's seat. But at some point, Gaethje's going to have to say, hey, Islam, let me tell you how this goes, dum-dum. I'm the top contender, and you get on my bad side, I'm not giving you the title shot even when I become champion. So you can sit down and shut your mouth right now, and I will give you the title shot. This is my deal. You shut up now. You stand down. And when I become champion, I will give you the first opportunity. You speak up one more time and you try to get this fight one more time, I'm not extending that favor to you. At some point, Gaethje's going to have to buck up or Islam's going to have to say, hey, Justin, see you in the cage. The rules of the playground carry over to the octagon to some degree. And I knew the kids the same as you did that didn't want to walk behind the building at 3 p.m. when the final buzzer went off. And we all looked at the guy that did show up as the victor, and we never talked about those two fighting again, ever. One of these two is going to have to call the other one's bluff. What I'm submitting for you is in my history as a fight fan, I have never seen two guys in the same weight class so razor thin, connected or apart, however you choose to look at it, go at each other as often as these two, and never once suggest, how about we fight? Something is amiss. Something's amiss. If I ever got into a back and forth like this and I was stealing headlines with some guy like that, it's because my team and his team have a backroom deal. One of us is going to get the nod, and whoever doesn't get the nod, let's just make that the first title defense if we should get the belt. And if we fail and we don't get it, then you go get your opportunity anyway, and we never have to knuckle each other up. I would have done something like that. But something is going on here. I don't have a huge problem with it. And I think that these two are getting along just fine. But one of them's going to have to put their foot down. You can use diplomacy and try to settle it with the way that I just said. You shut up. I'll grab the bell and then I will come and give you the opportunity. One of them is going to have to go first and say this or they're going to have to go fight each other which has never been suggested by either one. Which is a first. Could you provide me an example like the one I just gave you and tell me when two guys that were this heated with a like-minded goals in the same weight class at the same time who can't try to figure out pecking order didn't offer to fight one another. And all you got to do is say the words. You don't even have to walk out there and do the fight. One of you is likely, from the information we're given now, to get the nod as long as Poirier and or Oliveira walks out somewhat unscathed. But nobody suggested it. Why has nobody suggested that? Why am I the first to say that Justin Gaethje and Islam should fight? All right, guys, that's it for today's episode. If you enjoyed it, please head on over to Apple Podcasts. Leave us a review like our friend Finch who says, seriously, the best. Well, thank you, Finch. And thanks to all of you for listening. And even though my feelings are hurt, I'll be back on Friday. Until then, I'm Chael Sonnen. And you are welcome.